Welcome back to a brand new episode of The Talk, the podcast about changing the world by Nordea Private Banking. In this episode, I meet with Ville Kumulainen in Helsinki, Finland. And Ville is a doctor and an entrepreneur. And he is addressing an issue that has been very important to the medical community for quite some time. And it is that you can't, as a single doctor, know everything about every single condition. And on top of that, stay on top of everything that's going on. And uh, for a long, long, long time, the way to do that has been to communicate among doctors and talk about things and and figure out things together. And uh, so far, there hasn't been a good way to do that digitally. And what Ville Kumalainen is creating is something akin to LinkedIn, you could say, but for doctors where they can discuss and you, you are identified as a doctor. We know that you are a doctor and you can discuss your remedies and your experiences on that platform and together provide much better care for your patients. I'm going to leave it at that and let Villa explain the rest in this amazing episode that I want you to not miss a single second of because Villa also happens to be an amazing person. And here is Villa Kumalainen, the CEO and co-founder of Panacea. I asked around, like, who are the most... I'm on a road trip, by the way. I'm on a road trip around the world, like, or no, around the Nordics uh, to find the coolest people. And I asked people, who are the coolest entrepreneurs in Finland? And your name kept coming up. So That's nice to hear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what is your background and your story? And how are you saving the world? <laughs> yeah, so my name is Ville Komulainen. Uh, my background is in medicine. I'm a medical doctor. I've been practicing around a decade now. Uh, but uh, my my career took a little of a little bit of a twist around seven years ago, when I co-founded my first company called Medoc. Uh, it was very similar to the company you have in Sweden called Kru. It's one of the first telemedicine companies in here in Nordics, probably the first one in Finland. Uh, we basically wanted to create the easy way to access your doctor, and uh, we did manage it quite well. Uh, we moved our headquarters to Germany, 2015, raised. Uh, nice a round from there and we eventually sold the company there in late 2016. Uh, I then joined uh, one of the large uh, healthcare companies here in, in Finland called Pihlajalinna. I acted as their chief physician and director for eHealth for two years and then it was time for me to become an entrepreneur again and uh, we last year we co-founded my, my second startup called Panacea. And what is Panacea? So Panacea our mission is quite simple so we're just trying to improve the healthcare, the care that the patient receive by promoting and and um, encouraging doctors to share information and uh, and the learning from each other. So basically, we created a platform called Collega, which in Swedish and in Finnish and I think Danish and Norwegian all means the same thing. It means as a colleague. And the whole idea is that we would like to doctors become a bit closer to each other in professional way so that it wouldn't be, it would be more or they would be more open to share information and ask questions and, and, and promote information and try to help each other. Because the, the problem with the world nowadays is for young doctors that the amount of data is, is, is just growing so fast. Like in 1950, they said that it's going to take 50 years for all the medical data to di- double. But now it takes around nine months 
so there's a lot of data coming like out of like in all the fields there's a lot of data so so the problem is to try to keep up with all of that so it's for young doctors especially because the patients are more demanding all the time uh, the, the population is getting older people have discovered google they know that hey now i can google my own symptoms they come up with these crazy theories to your to your office and then you're just trying to figure out like okay where did you get that <laughs> yeah absolutely so the doctors have to google too so what we want to do is so that the young doctors all the doctors older younger doesn't really matter so they, they can ask questions either with their own name or anonymous and get help from other doctors so kind of like a co-working space which is open for everybody all i mean for all the doctors and then um, so that they they learn from that and, and and try to become better professionals and and well give the best care they can for the patients yeah and as a I grew up, my dad was a doctor uh, when I grew up and he had this magazine that kept coming like once a month called La Catinia, the doctor's magazine. Yeah, we have. We have something like that in Finland too. Yeah, and I guess that's just a little bit too slow if the data doubles every nine months, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you can you can read those things and these are super important to do some studying yourself, but the problem is that that's just like the postgraduate learning, it's uh, it's more difficult it's getting more difficult all the time because you're so busy with work and trying to just keep up just trying to you know survive and uh of course there are older colleagues especially in hospitals that help you and answer your questions but when you're for example working alone uh, in healthcare center you're kind of just alone in your office you can always go and knock down on somebody else's door but at some point it becomes a little bit inconvenient so it's it's nice to have a place where you can ask as much as you can yeah and, and i mean that's I guess what's happening in every industry that you're it's moving towards efficiency and in this case i mean it's all about knowledge the whole thing Uh, and new research coming in and and trying to keep up with that and and you know it's and not crowdsourcing but colleague sourcing yeah something like that because it just uh, in the end everybody wants to be good at their work they want to give the best possible care but sometimes like you it's really annoying it's really frustrating to feel insecure when you when you know that okay you're not quite sure what should you do what what should you do in this case and then you just you try to do something and it kind of keeps you up in the night like did i do the right call should i have asked somebody or or i just you know this is something like these are personal problems i'm still quite young especially my profession i haven't practiced that long so i really know how that feels yeah and this uh, pla- it's like a platform you're setting up, right? And this platform, is it uh, an international platform or is it for the Nordics or how does it work? Well, our our strategy is so that we are local because the care, the guidelines, they're always local. So here in Finland, we have our own guidelines, how do we use antibiotics, uh, blood pressure medicine, and so on. How do we do these things? Where do we refer the patients? Uh, do we send them to psychiatrist or neurologist? Is this a case for a physiatrician or a case for orthopedist and so on? So the care is always local. So what we're doing, we're creating these local communities. So, but they are connected, interconnected to each other. For example, we started here in Finland and we are working quite closely together with the Finnish uh, uh, Doctors Association. And now we also start working with the Finnish Dentist Association. And uh, they have their own ecosystems where they where they talk with each other and they they consult each other. But then we also connected these two so that they can cross consult each other because they are 
both medical professionals and but like in Finland we don't really have clear pathways how should we consult like or easy pathways to consult from like doctors to consult dentists and dentists to consult doctors so what we also want to do is so that we create these local communities because in, in a lot of the cases it's very important that you get it f- so that you follow your own guidelines uh, for example in the United States they have completely different kind of guidelines that we have here in Nordics Finnish, Finland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, Iceland we're quite homogeneous the care we give here but still we have our own systems especially in the reference area right viking care exactly exactly <laughs> we 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 try to keep it quite simple we try to be a bit bit um, careful with the medicine so we don't over medicate and so on but that's not always the case in the culture in all the other countries but sometimes you do come across with some some more difficult cases some rare diseases and we are small countries like finland's 5.5 million sweden's around 10 and Denmark and Norway are somewhere there between. So we are still a small population here in the Nordic, so it would be very good to like have all these communities to talk with each other. So if we have difficult cases, we would like to connect these communities so that they can discuss about rare cases among like over the like over the borders. Right, because yeah, that that makes sense because some some of the I guess being so small, some of these conditions don't even barely exist right yeah, no absolutely absolutely and we just don't by you know by uh, by uh, statistically you know yeah we just have few cases a year in some some things so it's nice to like to have some like some proper uh i don't know inter nordics nordic communities or how, how do we say this not intercontinental inter-nordic i guess inter-nordic maybe yeah, maybe that's the term that's, that's, yeah now we decide that's yeah. our word so inter-nordic uh cooperation with some some diseases inter-nordic medicine yeah that that should get a t-shirt <laughs> or <a> tattoo <laughs> yeah that would be cool so if you look at your career this far and i mean you're you're quite young how old are you i'm I just turned 37 37 okay so you seem to have been quite successful so far um well i've been learning a lot yeah sometimes successful uh i've got my butt kicked a few times <laughs> around but i think that's part of the deal yeah uh, it's uh, that's life yeah you learn a lot when you fail yeah. a lot but uh yeah I, i've seen a lot and um i was a bit lucky also with the field that i chose uh, digitalization of healthcare because when i started uh, not that many people were doing it so you you were granted or i was granted a lot of opportunities so that helped a lot because you kind of had to create the pathway here in, in finland a lot and and uh, grow at the same time like because there wasn't really any books to study or anything like this and right. they don't really teach these things in med school so so you kind of I wish they would talk more about digitalization, artificial intelligence, and uh, and and entrepreneurial stuff, but they don't. They really concentrate on the medicine, like hardcore clinical stuff, research, and things like this, which is really good, yeah. super good. But the world is changing. Um, artificial intelligence, decision support, these things—they are gonna shape a lot of the way that doctors work i i think it's going to be a very different looking field in in like 10 to 20 years oh for sure i mean just i meet a lot of entrepreneurs and i i've met quite a few actually that have done ai for uh, diagnostics for different uh, conditions especially in cancer and that kind of thing yeah 
so that's super interesting. It's of course going to happen a lot, but it's really hard for everybody to keep up. Of course, if you're you have to treat the patients as well, you can't read all the time. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think that's one of the biggest problems because usually the ones who can and who would have the ability to to actually because the problem with all the digital tools and 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 systems that we have is that they were not exactly meant made by doctors they were more more like made from engineers with love for right. doctors because when the first wave of uh, electronic medical record systems came um, well doctors were probably asked like hey would you like to participate and uh, help the engineers to 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 develop the, the whole um, service pathways and, and user interface and I'm pretty sure that a lot of doctors they were like no like no 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 I don't have time for that yeah and now for like here in nordics basically all the hospitals like 100% of the hospitals they use electronic medical record systems and you can ask any doctor and i don't i would think that they would say like these are not the best solution for their work they don't really fit to their like daily routines and that's one thing that i i I see in the future because if doctors medical professionals overall if they don't participate in the next wave which is artificial intelligence and it's going to be more like uh, uh, decision support and, and help us to analyze all the in, like increasingly growing data and all these things then it's going to be again the same thing that we're just going to be there looking at these things these tools and, and we don't really know if they are, they're not optimized for our daily routines and that's why I think it's super important the more and more doctors participate and take action and, and take interest in developing these systems and how do we implement artificial intelligence and, and all the automatization robotics in our daily life. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think also a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, at least I know, but you know, I've, I've followed this for so long, you know, the journal systems back in the 90s uh, that my dad used that we always kept talking about like, oh, this should be improved because, you know, being an engineer, that's kind of what you want to do. Yeah. But he was like, yeah, but uh, I don't know if you want to get into this regulatory jungle i know i know uh <laughs> do, you, do you think a lot of entrepreneurs feel that way about healthcare uh well of course it's very regulated and for a reason but digital systems especially like if you just want to give decision support they are quite mildly regulated if you want to do something like diagnostics something like like pure diagnostics with lab, laboratory exams or something like this then it's a different story then you have like class one and class two medical devices and so on but if you just want to make the process faster, there are really simple things that you can do and you don't need any, there is like no regulation in that field. It's just, if you just take care of like basic things like GDPR and, and uh, well, data security and all these things, then you're like already almost set. So you don't have to worry about the hardcore regulation in, in, in the like in the soft level and the higher level. But, and I, the, the thing is that like, uh, like the software companies they're gonna come there they're gonna create these things they're gonna like ibm and all these co- big companies they're gonna push their systems to the field but i don't think they're ever gonna for example like watson i don't think they're ever gonna take responsibility they're like they have zero interest in that so doctors medical professionals they will always have the responsibility on all these things so if they're going to carry the responsibility and they have to do the work and make the final calls, they should also like kind of decide how to, how to use them, how to develop them. And I think that's, 
that's one of the problems because people are so afraid of these things. Yeah, right? don't, they don't want, don't want to get sued. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the US. Yeah. And you right. have to launch in the US, right? Yeah, well, that's the biggest market by far yeah. in healthcare. It's it's insane. They spend like $3 trillion yeah. in, in healthcare every year. Vila, you're inspiring me now. Now I want to go into this field. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a good idea. Well, it's kind of personal for everybody. It touches yeah. everybody. Like yeah. almost everyone has been a patient at some point or, or has had somebody close to them who has been a patient. So it's uh and there's so much to do it's like it's like you can start from any corner and you have a lot of things you can improve yeah and i mean if there's something we know is that we're not getting fewer on this earth no and i mean we need to we need to scale up healthcare and make it more efficient and we can't just you know pay our way forward we need to actually innovate right yeah so you know say that's a one great way of saving the world in a way you know Absolutely, and and WHO estimates that there are around five million doctors missing in the world, and at the same time they're estimating that there are like ten to fifteen million doctors in the world. I, I think it's funny because they can't really say how many <laughs> there are because a lot of the like developing countries they don't really have uh, know the exact headcount like in right. Africa. But I don't think that like because like in the Nordics they also say and in the United States they say that they need like hundred and thirty thousand doctors by. 2030 something like this yeah, or use the ones you have in a more efficient way yeah exactly but that's that's what i think that is like we just i don't think we need that much more doctors we just need to make the process and the whole care like easier the access the, the everything how do we do like how do we collect the data the anamnesis and all these things you can automatize so much and people are so used to digital channels so it, i think it's a bit unnecessary that we use a person that has studied first six years in, in med schools and then specialized for five to six years. And then he spends most of his time into like inserting data yeah. on systems. Yeah. That's just waste of resources. Of course. Yeah. I saw some number. I can't remember that number, but you probably know it. But there was some low percentage of the time that a doctor spent on actually being a doctor. Yeah, the, the amount of time you, you, you spend with patients, like half of it, goes to at least goes to just inserting the data um maybe one fourth of it goes purely in the clinical part when you actually like like treat the patient used uh examine the patient and so on yeah so obviously i mean it's, it's as a doctor you're driven from the get-go because otherwise you can't become a doctor you can't get through med school if you're not a driven person but As an entrepreneur, what if what has been like your main driving force as an entrepreneur to get you through everything? Change, definitely. Um, I'm obsessed with that. I, I started working here in Finland. All the doctors basically they we have to do nine months of healthcare service. So we work as GPs in the healthcare center. That's part of any specialty program. Doesn't matter what you're gonna do, you have to do that. So when I started mine here in Helsinki, um, I started asking like, hey, should we try to to change this process a little bit? Should we try to make this bit easier? Should we try to change these things? And people were just looking and like, why? Why would we do that? And and, and we don't have the time nor the resources. And um, I understand it because people are super busy in the healthcare. There are so many patients. It's just like their work never ends. So I I just realized that if if I want to do some change, if I want to make an improvement in the system, especially from the patient and also from the from the doctor's point of view, from, from the boat end users, I have to do it from the outside. And uh, that's been my definitely like, I just want to make the, the whole process of healthcare for both end users easier and more convenient. And I like, it doesn't require, require much. It's just, I think it's small, simple changes and we're already there. 
right so you 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 have a platform i usually ask people like okay so i think that the nordic countries have a lot in common and they also have differences and that makes for a good team you know we have different players yeah in the team and i think that the nordics from working together as a region as a unified force would be extremely powerful in the world as an innovative force and a force for good and with you you are already doing that obviously since you're working on a platform for collaboration but how do you think that we could do it even better like getting the nordic countries even working even better together as a team well we all have our strengths and weaknesses uh i have to say uh, with all respect to the finnish marketing teams and sales teams that's not necessarily what we are known for uh, but what we do have a lot here for example in finland we have a lot of engineers thanks for nokia uh but we could use the strengths from each country to try to try to make the the products for example we could develop the products in finland we could try to to commercialize them in sweden we could try to fund them with uh, with, with some norwegian with oil, Nor- oil money <laughs> some norwegian capital <laughs> and launch them from the continental denmark and so on yeah but uh, i think we all have our strengths uh, in 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 like overall level but what also like what i found i was really positively surprised that when i started negotiating with the finnish medical association i found out that there is a like nordic medical association and all the nordic countries they have their own medical association and they're working very closely with each other and i think it's uh it's super nice to like they, they've been introducing to each, us to each other and, and telling hey you should meet this person you should talk to hey we should have you thought about this and everybody brings a little bit different kind of perspective on the table like here in finland like i said we are we have a lot of engineers so we think a lot about the usability so that is it like does it have all the functions and features and so on and for example now that we've been talking a lot with uh, with our neighbors in sweden uh they are more like okay but how do we how do we kind of like spread it and how do we scale it and, and these kind of things and just uh the mindset is completely different and uh, like if you can combine those like we have three four different kind of mindsets if you can combine those i think like uh there's not we have a very very large competitive advantage let's do it then yeah absolutely <laughs> on, on our way what if you would give like three pieces of advice for an entrepreneur maybe someone who has special skills like you have or, or just an entrepreneur in general what would be your top three pieces of advice that's yeah <laughs> Uh, well, one thing is that if if you want to become an entrepreneur, it usually helps a lot if you have a vision, because that's you have to be very like you can never be absolutely certain that what you're doing that it's right. It's scary. Uh, like this one of the most more famous venture capitalists in in Silicon Valley, Mark Anderson, used to say that like uh, how does a startup CEO sleep? like a baby you wake up every every <laughs> every one hour and every other hour and you just scream and cry but it's it's scary and but at the same time it's like it's full of highs like uh, it's never really stable so you have to have a very strong vision and you just to keep on your path and you have to be very focused that's one thing you do need the drive so you have to be sure then what you're going to do because it's there are easier ways to do and money can absolutely not be the only motivation because that one that will just drive you nuts that that uh, will consume you and it won't carry you until uh, like it it's not enough it's not enough 
and then networking you need to be open to network you need to be able to get out of your comfort zone so much uh, with everything you need a lot of people around you need to be able to absorb the, all the information they have to give you and listen to their advice of course you learn best when you do your own mistakes but there are so many mistakes to do so I highly recommend that you listen to people and try to learn from their mistakes I've done a bunch God knows but I'd rather like not do that many anymore it's so expensive to do them yourself yeah yeah it's time consuming and it just sometimes it's very very heavy but it's also so rewarding and it's and you need to kind of have the hunger you need to be like stagnation will kill you it that won't carry you have to be have to understand that this is uh the only constant that you will have in your career then is change you have to be able to adapt non-stop so have your vision have your drive change all the time and get ready to get out of your comfort zone i think those are the best advice that i can give to somebody yeah that's probably some of the best advice anybody could give to somebody that's great great <laughs> advice so tell me what where can people find you and your businesses if they want to learn more about you and what you do well panacea is located here in helsinki we have our main offices here at the epicenter helsinki uh we are expanding the nordic soon so um you can just find us uh well my first name at panacea.fi so w-i-l-l-e <laughs> panacea.fi you can always email me um well we're here uh, it's quite easy to google us we are we're not really doing a lot of marketing we're engineering company we're product company so there's not a lot of info about us we worked with uh, in partnership so you can ask about uh, about us from your local medical association and they probably have heard about us and, and can get you in contact with us. Great. And I think this was amazing. I will want to talk more to you at another point, but uh, for now, this is uh, uh, the time we have. But uh, thank you so much for taking the time from your super busy schedule to, to, <laughs> to come down. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, I think you will love the ones we have in the pipeline for you. We have some truly amazing guests coming up. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast player to make sure you don't miss any of them. Also, we would love if you could help us rate this podcast on iTunes to help us spread the word. That makes a huge difference. I'm Walter Nesland. And I look forward to seeing you soon in the next episode of The Talk, a podcast about changing the world by Nordea Private Banking.